1: Uh, and to be honest, I have been waiting all year to preach this specific message. Um, the beginning of the year, uh, the Lord spoke to me and said, Do you, I want you to preach on this, on agreement. And uh, I was like, you know, I, I have a mentality when it comes to the words the Lord gives me. You know, we'll just see. Lord, you, you know where I'm at, and I'm not going to hide myself. I'm going to position myself. And and if, it's, if it just stays with me, it stays with me, and I get blessed. But if the Lord says, no, I want to share it with other people, then I get to share it. And so this, this evening... We have the opportunity to hear this, something I've been sitting on, and at first I didn't understand why, because I was like, when I got it early in January, I was like, I got to tell Dr. Matt, I got a good one loaded in the chamber. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, and yeah, it was a slow, slow burn, it was a <laughs> roulette, and, um, but it's actually better now because of what I'm going to get into tonight. And uh, which leads me to ask you first and foremost, what is your word for 2023? What's the word you got? We got uh, three more weeks left or two and a half more weeks left to 2022. You better get a word for next year. I'm not talking about just a, a cute word, like the next year's word is comfort. No, you need to get a scripture that's gonna back that up so that when it gets uncomfortable, you go to the word, you stand on the word, you say, no, this is what the Lord said to me and I'm gonna hold on to that all year long. You gotta get a word, how do you get a word? You get on the following Jesus Bible reading plan and you read the Bible every single day, you buy the Bible out there in the lobby as well, they awaken, you get it, you read it every day, it's compounding interest. Read the Bible, pray every day, feed your spirit and guess what, by the end of the year you'll be filled up and overflowing. Anybody who believe that said? Amen, so tonight's title is It's a Wonderful Fight. Now, before you, like, don't worry, we're not gonna, I'm not gonna go like super, uh, I'm not gonna say that. I'm gonna go where the Lord tells me to go, (laughs) but, um, you know, it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful fight. It's a good fight. I won't get into that, but I'm gonna read this verse to you. It says this, Amos 3.3, can two walk together unless they are in agreement. Unless they are agreed. Jesus is the perfect example of agreement. Everything he did Every action, and he's perfect in his thoughts, in his words, and his deeds. They were always in agreement. Whatever he thought, he then spoke, and whatever he spoke, he then did. And so we always just see everything he did came to pass because he had a perfect agreement. Not only with that, but he had perfect agreement with the Father in heaven. So everything he did was perfect, and it always came to pass. we just saying it. You know, your word's always going to come true. It's always going to happen. Jesus walked in perfect agreement 24-7. Can two walk together unless they're agreed? Can you, can you walk together with somebody, with God, if you're not in agreement with God? Just bring it down to the microcosm, right? Can two walk together? Can you walk with Jesus day to day if you're not in agreement with what his word says? If you're not in agreement with his will, you can't walk in it. Right? And how do I know his will? His will is his word and his will is his and his word is his will. Right, you got to get in the word. You got to know the word, and as you know the word, you'll begin to walk, and you'll get into greater agreement. I love reading the Bible every day. I love reading the Psalms and the Proverbs. Of course, those are like candy. You know what I mean? When you're stuck in like Amos, he's like, you know, go go marry this person over here, a prostitute. You know, marry her, and then divorce her. Then this is a prophetic sign for Israel. And you're like, ooh, I would not want to be a minor prophet. <laughs> you know. I'll stick to being Jeremiah and just lay on my side for a couple of days, you know what I mean? Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about because you ain't reading the word. So, just... <laughs> Ouch, Matthew 18, 19. This, is the, this was the verse that God really gave me at the beginning of the year, Matthew 18, 19. I'm gonna read 18, 18 as well. It says this, assuredly, I say to you, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's Jesus saying that to you and I. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your word. God, I thank you. It is living and sharper and powerful. And tonight, Lord, it's going to divide between our soul and our spirit. I thank you, Jesus, that we are going to open up ourselves to you completely, Lord, and allow your word to get deep into our heart. Let it be the implanted word of God that saves our souls. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Whoever toured, like, Jesus was a very real dude, not just historically and physically and spiritually and all that, but, like, very relevant. Like, I, I, I don't ever understand why people say, well, oh, the Bible's not relevant. It's like, just read it, you know. Just don't, don't, don't tell me that without reading it. And don't ever let anybody tell you what the Bible says, especially if they don't read it. You know, well, didn't Jesus say that? You don't even know who Jesus is. You don't know him. Vanilla Ice Line, you don't know me at all. And so people come and they start telling you, what you, you got to know what Jesus says so you can agree with him. Right, so Jesus says, wherever two of you are in agreement, that's and if you're not a math major like I was not, that's you plus one other person. Okay, that's, that's how easy and, and basic it is, right? Like, hey, if you can just find two people on this planet to agree with you about anything, asking in the Father's name, I'm gonna do it for them. He didn't say, find me 25, radical, on fire, Holy Ghost talking, sheet draping Christians, and then we'll agree. No, he just said, just find one other person. Can you do that? Can you just find one other person? Anybody out there who wants to agree with me for healing? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then he even takes it one step further. It's like, if you even have faith like a mustard, like, ouch. Like, okay, number one, if you got to have faith like a mustard seed, tiny little, you know, if you, you don't even have that. And then once you do get that, find somebody else and pray with them as well. Like, this is just very realistic, you know? And I like that about Jesus because I am very realistic as well. And, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, just just let me find one other person. And the more people you get together, the stronger that agreement becomes, which is why Awaken is a movement, you know what I mean? It's, it's a revolution, it's revival, because thousands of people are now in agreement that yes, we want, San Diego, we want God's will to come down in San Diego. We want healing over your life. We want you to be blessed. We want breakthrough to happen. That's, don't, don't, don't not put something in the book of miracles because you're ashamed. Put it in there because you can get thousands of people agreeing with you for your miracle. Yes. Drop the shame, drop the pride, write the card, throw it in there. That book was looking, to be honest, it looked a little thin. You know what I mean? Like it feels thin, like, hey, we, Stop hiding your miracle, okay? Come on, just spit it out, write it on down there. You know what I mean? Lift your hand when you pray, you know what I mean? Just just open wide, let God work in you. He can't work in you if you can't agree with him, if you can't give him something. One of the, one of the songs, the, the Kim Walker song, Protector, it, like I was listening to at the end of last year, and uh, one of the opening lines is, I come out of agreement with everything with every lie that says you're not for me or I don't remember the rest of it I just remember the the phrase I come out of agreement was the was a thing that just really stuck in my spirit for like 90 days, it just kept rolling around and just the Holy Spirit just began to speak to me and be like, what are you in agreement with? What are you agreeing with right now? What are you going to agree with? What are you in agreement that you need to get out of agreement with? What are those things, those mindsets, those partners in life that you had started to agree with and you shouldn't be agreeing? What are you gonna come out of? What agreements are you gonna come out of in your life? Can two walk together unless, you know, you can agree on earth for bad things too. You know what I mean? I was texting with my, my, my brother-in-law and he was, we were talking about we're having an ADU uh, expanded on our property. And he was like, oh, those permits, uh, they're going to take longer than the build." I said, cancel. Yeah. And he laughed. I said, you can prophesy over your own permits, but don't be bringing that stuff into this house. I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Don't prophesy that junk over me, pal. He, he laughed, he knew it, because we'd done it, we talked about it before and all that kind of thing. But the word, you know, the word disagreement, literally dis means not or none. So like, I'm none agreeing with this. And I, there's no part of me that agrees with those statements. There's no part of me that is involved or this is not a partnership at all. I have no agreement with this idea whatsoever. What are those things? Are those sicknesses? Are those finances? Are those family relationships? No, I have no agreement with the way this relationship is going. I'm going to agree with God, and I'm going to believe for something better. So how do we then get in full agreement with God? Well, you're in luck. I've got three handy-dandy little steps for you. (laughs) I like to make it real easy, you know, two or three steps, yeah, handy and dandy. First one. Remove the doubt and the doubters. Yeah. Remove the doubt and the doubters. I went, uh, we were pastors in, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana for a number of years. And one of the other pastors on staff who was a friend and a, and a coworker, he said to me, hey, uh, can we go down to New Orleans, Nolens, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'm, from, I'm from here, New Orleans, so, you know. <laughs> and uh, he's like, my dad's in the hospital Can you come down? Can we pray? Can we agree? And I said, yeah, of course. So we got in the car, drove down New Orleans, like an hour and a half from Baton Rouge, irrelevant point. And uh, we get down there and we get down into the Ninth Ward. Now, anybody ever heard of the Ninth Ward? That is the roughest part of New Orleans. If you've ever been to Louisiana, I have seen few places that are in as much poverty as certain areas of Louisiana and the ninth ward is one of those and not, not only that it had been devastated by Hurricane Katrina you know two or three years before and still hadn't recovered and uh, so we go into this hospital in the ninth ward and uh, and that didn't you know I was a youth pastor before that so I didn't do like a lot of house calls or like going to the hospital and praying so in my mind I was prepared and ready you know to go and pray and and you know you could, you know Pray for healing, and he's going to rise up from his bed, and we're going to go home together. You know what I mean? That was my 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 brain, my mindset, and uh, we get in there, and just you know the the, the whole atmosphere is oppressive in the hospital, just most hospitals in general. But this one was like quadruple the oppression in there. And, you know, the walls are, you know, like just bland and this is just awful. So we get in the room and all the wailers and all the doubters and the weeping and the gnashing of teeth and the tearing of sackcloth just in the room. And I just kind of, you know, I'm like, I'm not a big reactor. I react more on stage than in real life. And so I walk in, I'm trying to play, cool, got my Bible. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, number one, I know none of these people. I only know my buddy and I've only known him for a year and I walk into his family scenario and most of them were not saved or everyone in Louisiana is kind of saved. Their grandma always prayed for them or their auntie always prayed for them and, that's, and they would go to church every, you know, that kind of thing. So we walk in there and it just is like, all hell had broken loose and I was just like, oh, I, you know, and my, my thought was just like, it's kind of better if he dies. this confession, this is therapeutic, you know. That, I was just, was like I didn't know, like I see him and he's frail and he's, you know, lost, you know, pounds of weight and just sitting there on machines and they're beeping and, you know, all the machine, him, all this kind of stuff and doctors are rushing in and out and the people are wailing and I'm just, was like, and he, my buddy he goes, can you pray for him? And I was just like. Yeah, and I walk over and I grab his hand and I mustered as much faith as I could and I prayed probably the limpest prayer you ever heard in your life and uh, gave everybody a hug and uh, said, you know, peace be with you and uh, walked out. And as I walked out, as clear as day, the loudest rebuke I've ever gotten from the Holy Spirit in my entire life, the Holy Spirit said, that is the last time you visit any of my children with a lack of faith. And I was like, Ooh. just felt that one deep and the whole ride home, I just was like in a, in a daze, you know. But the thing is like, this was not, well, not a new scenario. Like Jesus, Matthew nine, he goes into the room, and everyone's wailing and weeping. And Jesus walks into the room. He says, hey, don't worry about it. She's not dead. She's just sleeping. And they're all like, oh, what do you know? She's dead. You know, and everyone's crying. And there's some violin player in there for some reason. And, and he go, you know, the first thing he does is he kicks them all out of the room. Just get out of here. Get Shoo, shoo, you know what I mean? Like, we tend to think of you know Jesus with the lamb over his shoulders, meek and mild, he was so nice. But like in one part, Jesus made a whip. Like he, he walks in the temple, there's people, there's all these money changers. He goes and he takes the time to make a whip of his own, and then he comes back in and is like Ah, get out of here. Turn this place into a den of thieves. That's very nice, Jesus. He's in there just telling relatives to get, get out of here. You, shoo, get out, you know, get lost. I'm gonna pray for this person. You can't be in here because you're not in agreement with me. Right, you're not, no, Get it, just go ahead and get out. There are some people in your life who you need to kind of get out, FYI. This is kind of one of the points here, right? You need to shoo some people out of your life, push them out, hey, sorry, you know what, you're not in agreement. You're not in this circle of trust, circle of agreement. So please get out you gotta remove the doubters and you gotta remove the doubt. If you're gonna get all this faith and you're gonna get all pumped up, then you better have people around you who are gonna be in agreement with you. I? I don't want half faith, I don't want three quarters, I want somebody who's full of faith praying for me, believing for me. Point number two, you will need a spirit full of faith. Fast forward about five years, and a friend of ours is in the hospital, amazing woman of God. She has led thousands of crusades in Baja, California. Her whole life, she has had like these tumors that surrounded sort of her innards, and uh she would do like a needle therapy where they removed fluid. Nothing could solve it. Finally, she'd gotten to the place where she went to the Mayo Clinic and they'd gotten a lot, removed a lot of it. She was able to survive. Now she was in the hospital just attacked by all these other things at the same time. And I went in to see her, USC Hospital. We'd just I think we just moved back down to San Diego. And I was going up for a wedding and a friend of mine was like, hey, could you come visit my mom? She's in the hospital. She's getting ready to go to the Mayo Clinic in Arizona. There's like a two-hour window where I was like on my way to LA to do a friend's wedding and I was going to stop by the hospital. Well, I learned my lesson the first time, right? So the whole way up there, this is, I don't know how arrogant or what this is. I had a really good message I preached on faith and I just played that message the whole drive up there and (laughs) pumped myself up by myself, (laughs) strengthened myself in my, you know what I mean? It was was a good one. I'm not going to lie. I've listened to it a bunch. It's it's a top 10. (laughs) So I get into that hospital and uh, I make sure that there's, I look at everybody in the room and I'm like, okay, these people I can agree with. These are women of, women of God who are there, who have been with her on crusades. They know how to battle, you know what I mean? They know how to pray and I get there and the first thing they hand me is like, oh, hey, uh, Pastor Casey, so nice to see you. Uh, would you be a witness? This is a, a, a legal certificate in case she dies. And I was like, well, we're not gonna need this, but I'll, I'll sign it because I'm here. And uh, she's like, you're right. And she was, you know, this woman who was strong and healthy. And all, she was kind of shriveled up and covered up in blankets, still beautiful, makeup on, all this kind of stuff. And uh, I went in there and I just just tore the heavens open. And uh, walked out, left. She left, like literally like an hour later, went to Arizona, completely healed. Like literally a week later, on Instagram, <laughs> she was doing exercises, lifting weights. You got to go with full faith. You got to have a spirit filled up with faith. And you got to know how to fill yourself up. You got to know that you got to hear the word. You got to set an atmosphere. You got to worship. You got to pray in tongues. You got to pray in English. You got to pray in Spanish. Whatever you got to do to get yourself full of faith, get yourself full of faith. Don't, don't, I, don't know, I don't know, you gotta set that atmosphere and you gotta start pouring in and pouring in and pouring in so that when you get into that situation and somebody hands you a death certificate, you look at them and go, we're not gonna need that because I know God, Psalm 118, verse 17 says, Lord, you don't need me to die. You need me to live so I can praise you. You need more people praising you. We don't need more dead people. We need more living people. I shall not die, but I'm going to live. I'm going to declare the works of the Lord. I love that verse. Just so good. If you're feeling like death or something like that, just quote that one. I'm not going to die. I'm going to live. And I'm going to declare the works of the Lord. And then actually do it. Then start declaring it. Number three, you will have to choose daily to be in agreement. You have to choose daily to be in agreement. Every single day, 365 days a year, you have to choose Jesus. If you had told me at the beginning of this year that I would be going to the emergency room in October, I would have laughed and been like, "You gotta be crazy, fool! You should see my workout chart." 71 <laughs> percent. Of 2022, up until October, I had worked out. That's 71% of days of the year I was working out. And you're like, well, what's he doing? He didn't look that good. <laughs> First of all, how dare you? No, kidding. <laughs> you can ask my wife every day between 4, 30, 5, out there working, running up uphill, doing hill sprints, carrying weights for no reason, doing maneuvers I don't ever would ever do outside of a gym. But I'm doing them to work out, to be healthy, to be in shape. <laughs> <laughs> Writing it all down, marking it up, taking pictures in case i want to do that workout next month. Just, I was on it. We go out to... I want to join game football games one Friday night. We go, we have a good time. Me and my son and my father-in-law go out there, watch the game, have some good food. I wake up Saturday morning and it's like, oh, gastrointestinal infection or something because it was coming out as fast as it was going in. <laughs> yeah, so I'll leave it there, okay? That's far enough. But, you know, I was smart. I went, I hydrated, got my electrolytes. I got this mineral, super, like super clean minerals I was putting into my water, drinking that, having lunch, feeling good. Still just, you know, in and out. And uh, Sunday, I'm like, you know what? I don't think I should go to church. I'm not feeling good. Besides, I don't want to be, I don't have to sit by the bathroom. You know what I mean? And kind of get a little fever, by about three, you know, it's like a 100 fever, and I'm just laying in bed. And, you know, kind of towards the end of the day, I get a little chest pain, and I'm like, this is weird. Maybe it's just because my body's been reacting so violently to, you know, this this virus or whatever. So I go to bed. I sweat it out, like chest pain, cold sweats, just like I'm going to break this fever in the name of Jesus. You know what I mean? And I just like – I wake up, and I'm like, okay, this this chest pain – it's pretty bad. So we go, and I'm like shortness of breath. We go into the ER, a bunch of people came to the hospital. Thank God for I got people who came to pray for me in the hospital. I go in there, doctor comes up, he takes an EKG and he's like, this guy's having a STEMI. And of course I'm like in and out of it. I'm like, a what? He's like, a heart attack. I'm only 44 people. And I go, and I, and I said to my, I said to my, I said, I don't know if it was out loud. I said it in my brain. I don't know if my mouth opened or what, but I was like, no, I'm not. And then they took me into this room and they told my wife, hey, look, this things are gonna get crazy here for the next five minutes. We're gonna we gotta take this guy up. He's gotta have a heart attack. We gotta clear out his arteries and his heart and all this stuff. And they're shaving my chest all weird and putting, you know, st- stickers and wires all up me. Zoom, they take me up to the room and they do an angiogram, which means a little catheter in your heart, and they're looking all around. And and uh, and so before they were started doing that, I was talking to one of the nurses there, really I think he was saved. He was a great guy, he's really calming and and positive. And he's like, We're gonna look for you know so many blockage. I said, what if there isn't any? He's like, well, I don't know what we're gonna do. So we go, <laughs> he's the nurse. No, just kidding. <laughs> hey, I work for a company with travel nurses, so, you know, come on, I can say that, whatever. Yeah, can I, can. I? So I get out, and while I'm sitting there, they did the angiogram, and they come in there, and they were like, actually, there's no, we can't find any blockages. In fact, you have big, beautiful arteries. Probably, when you think about it, the most beautiful. (laughs) Probably the best. (laughs) They said, big, beautiful arteries. I said, I'll take that. I'll take that. They really did say that. So then I get in there and I, I rest. I'm like, within 24 hours, I'm like, I got to get out of the hospital. I don't like being around hospitals. And so I'm ready to get out of there. And uh, they're like, you got to stay another day, whatever. Stay another day. Basically the doctor comes in and says, we don't really know what happened. Uh, we think it was viral myocarditis. Um, but you know what I mean? Uh, you had some, some basically like a shock, like someone punched you in the heart and now it's got to recover. And uh, so I'm like, okay, well, we'll just, you know, believe God's going to bring recovery. And they gave me a couple little medications or whatever. I went to the doctor yesterday. Uh, I was supposed to, I thought I was going to get an MRI, but it was actually the appointment I should have had two months ago, but whatever. He got in there. Doctor looks at me and goes, he's like, so when you, when you, uh, the day after, how did you feel? I was like, I felt fine. I was ready to go. He's like, okay. He did an EKG. He, listened, he goes, well, like all of this is just remarkable. Like your EKG looks normal. And typically it wouldn't look normal after something like this happens. Now, they, they're going to do an MRI, and they're going to do this echocardiogram, and they'll be able to see that it's at 100% back to normal. But you have to choose every single day. See, a- acknowledgement is not agreement. They, they, they can go ahead You tell me, I want, to he- I want to hear what you have to say. I want to see what you're going to say, because then I'm going to put it up against the word of God, and then I'm going to find the real truth of the matter. See what happens is if you if you deny that there was ever an issue, then you have nothing to give to God, and a lot of people will just deny. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Whatever. I feel good. (laughs) No, it's okay to hear, have, find out what's wrong with what the world says is wrong with you, and then go to Jesus, the healer, and be like, "What's the what's the real diagnosis?" Acknowledgement is not agreement. You have to take ownership of it, so you can actually turn something over to God. So I turn that over to God and I say, you know what, Lord, I'm, I'm healthy. My arteries are big and beautiful. We've, we established that. It's remarkable. It's normal. I take all those things and I just put them on that little list there and then go down there and be like, hey, if, just in case you forgot, devil, you know what I mean? I, I'm already healed. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12, it says this, fight the good fight of faith lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. You know, that word fight is interesting because it it doesn't actually just mean like battle. It actually has the idea of contention, but more specifically, it actually means about entering a contest, a competition. So when you're fighting the good fight of faith, it's a deliberate Action—it's a response of your will. I'm signing up to fight the good fight of faith. Nobody just accidentally enters a marathon. Whoops! (laughs) Hey, where are we going? Where's everybody going? 23 miles around New York. (laughs) No, you don't do that. You know what I mean? Oh, I just fell into the Spartan race. Get up, Spartan! you know, into the pit of mud or whatever. You don't just accidentally fall into those things. You willingly enter the competition. You willingly step into the fight of faith. It's a good fight. It's a morally good, it's a beautiful, it's a wonderful fight even you step into that place and you begin to fight. You begin to battle. You begin to agree with what God has to say. You begin to choose every single day that I'm gonna fight and I'm gonna fight, I'm gonna battle and I'm gonna duke it out and I'm not gonna give the devil an inch. You know, the, the world's system is the majority, right? And so all the experts will tell you everything you need to do, but you've got to set up an atmosphere around you, in your house, on your yard, on your property, in your business, wherever you are. You need to set an atmosphere that is a a good fight. Set an atmosphere of faith. When people come to you, oh man, I just feel, it's that season again, it's sickness season Go cancel, I don't agree with that. You want to get sick, go for it. You want to lay in bed all day? Go for it. I can do it without being sick. (laughs) Not really, not anymore. But I I set up that atmosphere because agreement is as much of a boundary as it is a decision. And this agreement says, no, you don't get to touch my health. No, you don't you don't get that piece of my finance. No, you don't get that part of my family. No, you I already agreed with God that this all belongs to him. And if you can take it out of his hands, good luck. But the thing is when we when we think of fight, we think of like, you know, like I said, the word the word agony comes into mind. Like, oh man, this is gonna be so agonizing. I gotta get up and I gotta fight. I got a battle. I got to have a frown on my face. Otherwise, it's not real, right? You go around and you're praying in tongues like an angry man. <laughs> what are you doing, daddy? I'm fighting a good fight of faith. Yeah. <laughs> now, see, when you agree with God, you agree with three words that he already said. It. Is finished. You are agreeing with the fact that the battle has already been won. You're agreeing with the fact that Jesus already did the work that you can't do. Anyway, so all you're really doing is you're partnering up on his raft and saying, I'm going with him down the river, he's got the oars, he's got the machine guns, he's got it all, and I'm just gonna go down and I'm gonna go with him and say, yeah, I agree, I agree, oh yeah. Oh yeah, the battle's already been won about your finances, the battle's already been won about your health, the battery's already been won about your children, the battle's already been won about your family, the battle's already been won about your breakthrough, the battle's already been won about your miracle, come on, the battle's already been won! You do not got to fight this fight, he's already fought it for you. But when you don't turn it over to Him and you hold on to it and you think your physical effort is gonna do anything, you're just wasting time. Spinning wheels that'll never take you anywhere. You gotta partner with Him in His Word. You gotta partner with Him. It's already been done. Can you just stand to your feet as we close? first agreement that you got to have is agreeing with Jesus. Did you, did you agree that He's your Lord and Savior? He is no matter what. But did you agree with that? Did you say, Yeah, you're my Lord and Savior, Jesus? I give you my heart, I give you everything. And if you're in here this evening, and you say, you know what? I have not done that yet. And you want to do that today? Just could you just wave at me? Just say, I want to, I want to give my life over to Jesus. I want to make that agreement. I want to make that first step. Maybe you need to renew. One over there. I can't see anyone else. Just hold it up as I'll wait. We'll wait. Up there. Thank you. Yeah. Thank You, sir. Let's just all pray this prayer together. Just repeat after me. Jesus, I agree with You. I need You. You are my Savior. You
0: are my Lord. And I receive You as such. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen.